Well, we are live on the Dynasty Roundtable, and Aaron Stewart is here. And I, I was excited to see Aaron Stewart until he reminded me of uh, a travesty of errors that, that that was committed upon me at uh, the last NFL draft at the draft house, where he stuffed all of his socks down the down the drain to, to clog the uh, the pipes and to cause all that poop infected water to flood the the basement of the draft house. So he's here with that championship belt that he he does not deserve. Anyway, Aaron, how are you doing? Well, that's quite a way to introduce the mock draft King on his 300th day reign here as champ. But besides that, I'm doing great. My friend doing great, you know, but I have been a little, you know, starved for competition. I'm down 35 pounds. So, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe. We'll bring this back, defend it. That's awesome, dude. Then you lost a little weight. And uh, we're here tonight to talk about Dynasty Stashes. Aaron, when, when I, whenever I bring on guests, I'm thinking, okay, what's going to be a good topic for Aaron? And Aaron plays in a lot of deep, deep Dynasty leagues. And so tonight, it, it might be, you know, we might be zigging while everybody else is zagging. Everybody else is talking about rookies, 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 NFL Combine. Tonight, we are zigging while everyone else is zagging. We are talking about the players that you need to go add right now that are available in your leagues right now so you can hold the championship belt next year. So hopefully we can uncover some some diamonds in the rough tonight. 25 players. Yes, 25. 25 we got on the list. I don't know if we're going to get to them all, but we're going to try. 25 stashes in Dynasty that you need to make, and that starts right now. All right, Aaron, it is we are in full like dynasty offseason mode. The rookie talk is heating up. But like I said at the jump, we are here to talk about dynasty stashes. And I want like this list that we have, I have it numbered and order, but I kind of wanted to start with your list before we get to my list, if that's all right, because I wanted to make sure that we get to your players. You're the guest Um, because we have a tendency on this show to just talk and and ramble and then not get to what like half the players that we wanted to talk about so you on your list uh you have let's see like six or seven guys so we'll we'll get to those first and the first guy on your list you have uh ronnie rivers and zach evans as dynasty stashes talk to me about ronnie rivers and zach evans so Zach Evans is going to be for the more shallow leagues, quiet as a rookie, didn't do anything. Now he's available in over 50% of leagues. It's what have you done for me lately? Once the, the rookie fever wears off, like everyone's forgotten about Zach Evans. And Ronnie Rivers is for the deeper leagues. He's rostered 10% of sleeper leagues. And for both these guys, it's really just the situation. That Rams backfield, look, the only person I know that, that saw Kyron Williams coming at all was one of my best friends in the business, the early down grinder. Uh, and you know, Chris Chris nailed it with Kyron Williams. But the interesting thing with the, with the Rams offense is that since Todd Gurley's retired, like they haven't had a leading rusher repeat that following season. It's been four straight seasons of a different guy leading the backfield. And Kyron Williams, it was impressive what he did. It's not a perfect prospect. And when you look at just profiles, you go, Kyron Williams, 
fifth round draft pick, Ronnie Rivers, undrafted free agent, Zach Evans, sixth round draft capital. None of those guys are paid. And we've seen with Sean McVay that he's he's just going to feed the hot hand. So these guys are available, widely available. Why not take a swing on these guys? Because Kyron Williams, fantastic last year. Does he repeat this year? Probably not. And if McVay decides that he just needs to shake things up a little bit, these guys are free. Yeah, I think it comes back to that conversation too with stashes, like in how you how many guys you roster and you know, I'm I'm in some leagues where it's 30 man rosters and I always like to keep as many of these running backs as I can possibly fit that makes sense. And some of these running backs that you can make a case for getting on the field if the right situation happens and I think these are a couple of good ones uh that you that you bring up and again Ronnie Rivers you can find him just about everywhere he's only rostered in 10% of leagues and Zach Evans isn't even rostered in in 50% of sleeper leagues and the next you have another running back on this list too that I I really like as well because he got, he saw some playing time as early as last year and that's Justice Hill why don't you talk to me about Justice Hill and why you think he's a dynasty stash it's weird that he's considered a dynasty stash, right? Because Justice Hill was productive last season. It was his best year. Uh, and I think what it just comes down to is he's now been in the league for five seasons, right? He's not he's not young, so everyone's already moved on to him, uh, moved on from him, but he's he's only rostered 24% of sleeper leagues. That three quarters of dynasty leagues, Justice Hill's available, and kind of kind of like the Rams back. Right. It's situation. Look at the Ravens backfield right now. Dobbins, free agent, and he's injured. And before he even got injured, he was already like one foot out the door. Uh, also, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards, free agent. Dalvin Cook, he's cooked. You know, the, the only other running back that's under contract besides Justice Hill is Keaton Mitchell. And he had the late season torn ACL. Right now, it's uh, a lot of things are going to change in Baltimore, but Justice Hill is the best running back on the Ravens backfield that's under contract. And statistically, like when we look at the analytics from player profiler, top 20 in juke rate, top 20 in breakaway run rate as well, yards per reception, yards per touch. Like he is what we like in analytics and it won't, he won't be like an RB two, but you do need these guys. These are flex plays. So Justice Hill, I know, love the situation. There's no guarantee that Baltimore does anything drastic to their backfield. Yeah, and a stat that I really like that you can also find on playerprofiler.com, but you could probably also, you know, find it most anywhere. Uh, Baltimore, they uh, they like to do this thing called running the ball. They are number one in the entire NFL and team run plays per game. And so, like, Whoever, whoever winds up there, whether it's Derrick Henry, like the, the big rumors are they're, they're interested in Derrick Henry. They, like This is the new age NFL where multiple running backs are used. And if they like to run the ball that much, they'd be smart to preserve a veteran like Derrick Henry by mixing in Justice Hill. And the fact that he's only rostered in 24% of leagues right now, if you're playing on sleeper, and who knows like what kind of formats uh, you, you, know, you guys are playing in. Uh, where he could just be widely available or he already is. It, it's just, it, it seems like that's a really good one. Now we're going to get a little bit deeper into the weeds now. Um, and we're going to talk about Tanner Hudson, uh, Aaron. Why do you think Tanner Hudson is a good dynasty stash? Because he's only rostered in 10% of sleeper leagues right now. Well, one more thing on Justice Hill before I get to Tanner sure. Hudson that I like, because of course you mentioned the key stat, 
they the Ravens run the ball more than anyone else. But what do people always say? Well, Lamar Jackson's there, and he's going to run the ball. And he still is. He's just not running as much. Last season was the least amount of carries per game. His rushing yard total was down 12 and a half yards per game. Uh, that was fewer than like any other season. Like Lamar Jackson's still running, but he's not running like the Lamar Jackson that we're conditioned to. So if they're still leading the league in carries, but Lamar Jackson's rushing less, like someone, someone's got to pick it up there. So another reason with Justice Hill or just Ravens backfield in general, but Tanner Hudson, Tanner Hudson, like the 29 year old breakout season that everyone saw coming, right? It's what Irv Smith was supposed to be. Uh, pour one out for Herb Smith. But with Tanner Hudson, he only got to play five games with Joe Burrow. And in those games, the, the splits were an average of 3.6 receptions, 35 receiving yards. He didn't score a touchdown. He only scored one touchdown all season. Uh, uh, targets, it was 4.4 targets per game. However, when you take that across a 17-game season, that's 61 receptions. That's 595 receiving yards. If he plays a full season on Joe Burrow, and I get it, small sample size, but if that was a 17-game season for him, there's only 13 tight ends last season that topped 595 receiving yards. Like That's when you start to really conceptualize like how good, how sneaky good Tanner Hudson was. For those of us that, that didn't have the Travis Kelsey's, the Sam Laporta's that were streaming tight ends, like he's a streamable tight end. He's rostering 10% because, yeah, he's 29 years old. But he's a restricted free agent, and I don't see him leaving the Bengals, which is how well he did overall. We get into like the advanced stats. like he, The counting stats weren't big, but target rate, number 10 amongst tight ends. And target rate's not target share, but just when he was on the field, the quarterbacks loved throwing the ball to him. And that's something that all Joe Burrow offenses in his NFL career want to do. He's always had his starting tight end with 40-plus receptions. And Tanner Hudson right now, He's the guy. Like it's not Drew Sample. It's not anyone else. Could they could they draft someone? Sure. But honestly, it's it's a weak tight end class outside, of course, Brock Bowers. Like once Brock Bowers is off the board, there's no for sure thing. So why not bring back the guy that was productive last season? And it's just the simple dynasty mindset of going, we want players on great offenses. I want players that Joe Burrow's throwing the ball to. And 90% of leagues, you can get them for free. Yeah, that's it's it's a good one. Like this is this is why you come here. This is for the the deep stashes. And I was just while you were talking, I was just trying to pull up. I was trying to think if there's any free agent tight ends. But the, you know, the Bengals, I believe, are not in a position really to to like. I don't think it would be smart for them to go out and and get a free agent tight end. And I'm scrolling right now, and I'm sure the chat will let us know. Like, I don't really see like anybody that would be a significant upgrade. Like I'm, I'm just scrolling on PFF and I haven't come Dalton Schultz, maybe like that's Schultz the, is the key guy. And then a yeah. bunch of question marks. Yeah. So it's, it's not a bad chance to take it. Like I said, all the, like there's nothing better in the world than, than a free player. So if you have the roster space, yeah, I, I think I, I endorse that one. I have no issues there. Uh, we're going to, we're going to shift back to the running back position. And this is a guy that I think, you know, I I really liked when he came out um, and, and we had a lot of high hopes for him until he got drafted by uh, this team that just likes to destroy our hopes and dreams in the fantasy football uh, space. And that's the, the New England Patriots. So, uh, uh, Aaron, talk to me about why you think Kevin Harris is a is a good dynasty stash. 
it wasn't that long ago in college football that Kevin Harris was a sophomore at South Carolina that he rushed for 1,100 rushing yards, 10 games, averaged over six yards per carry. Like he was going to be the next big thing. He was playing against SEC competition. Unfortunately, injures his back, back surgery, junior season not quite as well, runs a four, six, seven. You know, you start to, when you start to go through the events, you go, that's why a player that was productive as a sophomore in the SEC falls to the sixth round and he didn't even make the team as a rookie. And honestly, it took him a little bit of time to get any opportunities this year. And the thing with Kevin Harris is that this backfield or really the Patriots offense in general, they need something. They need explosive plays because this, this stat blew my mind. I I posted on my Twitter. It was, you looked at Ezekiel Elliott and you looked at Ramondre Stevenson and they combined for four breakaway runs on 340 carries. Meanwhile, Kevin Harris, who got, I think it was like 14 carries, had two, two breakaway runs. He also had like this massive catch too. Like on small, small sample size, he brought this explosive factor that this Patriots backfield and offense in general needed. And if you, if you're Patriots, uh, if you're on Patriots staff, you're going, man, we can't just go and fix this team just with free agency, just with the trap. There's got to be something internal, like Zeke's a free agent. I don't see why he'd be back. And Ramondre Stevenson, he's not bad, but like he's slow. Like He's not going to be a guy that you want to give him all the work. You need another option. You talked about it. Backfields have changed. There's not a lot of bell cows anymore. Why not give Kevin Harris a little bit more of a run, especially if it seems in that small sample size that the back injury from 2020, 2021, he might recovered from kind of resembling more of the running back that we saw at his peak in college football I think yeah and I in general I think it's a good idea to target new coaching staffs you know new coaching staffs have a different perspective a different way of evaluating talent and you just never know and you and and if there's an opportunity for a player like Kevin Harris you know we all know that there are certain general managers the, the Bears general manager is one of them that doesn't like to spend high draft capital on a running back. And that's kind of the, 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 the way the NFL is going, you know, we, we're going to see it this year. Like there, there's not going to be too many, we'll see how many day two running backs there end up being, but this is kind of a paramount. I mean, the Detroit lions kind of threw a monkey wrench into it last year in the, the Atlanta Falcons, same story. But I, as, as we shift to more of the running back by committee, it's going to be more and more important to identify these uh, situations. Like potentially there is in new England where, you know, it, it might not be a full season where you get a Kevin Harris like producing for your fantasy team, but there might be two, three, four weeks where he's usable. And then that that can be extremely valuable if the injuries hit like they always do. And so to stay on top of this stuff is like the, these conversations that we're having now talking about these dynasty stashes and players to target right now to stay one step ahead of your opponents is so important. And that leads us to uh, what was, a, I think, a player profiler favorite. And, the, and now people have forgotten about him because he's rostered in just 25% of sleeper leagues. Uh, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, talk to me about Jalen Tolbert for a little bit, Aaron. Sure. So let's talk about why player profiler liked him so much. It's you pull up the profile. There's two, two metrics that just pop off to you. It's the college dominator, which is 96 percentile. And it's the college target share, which is 95th. I might have those numbers backwards, but essentially it's elite. Now it's like, why did he not hit immediately in the NFL, at least 
Well, he did that at South Alabama. Now, the good thing is that's what we want to see from the small school guys is that most small school guys, they're not going to do anything in the NFL. But the only, the ones that actually have a chance are the ones that are that top, top tier of their own in the advanced metrics. And Tolbert, as a rookie, played eight games, had like 12 total receiving yards, and people were so quick to drop him. I play in a lot of dynasty leagues, and I was shocked. So many people, after one year, dropping him when people were drafting him with like second round draft capital in their rookie drafts. And I've been stashing Tolbert since last season. Anytime I saw someone drop him, I picked him up. Sure. Why not? And it, this season, it was, there wasn't like a big boom performance, but this gradual increase in playing time. And at the same time, Michael Gallup's playing time gradually decreasing. And guess who's likely a cap casualty with the Dallas Cowboys, Michael Gallup. And on another note too, like Brandon Cooks, I wouldn't say he's a likely cap casualty, but he's a potential one. Like what if the Cowboys just decide, you know what, we've really got to shake things up. We've got some great pieces, CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson, but with Pollard maybe out the door, like they might decide, you know, we've got to, we got to, we got to change some other things too. Cooks is 31 years old. Cooks had maybe outside of touchdowns, touchdowns saved him. It might have been like his worst fantasy season since that last season with the Rams. Oh, I think that was like 2017. Like take away eight touchdowns and just look at the receptions and the yards. And it's like, oh, Brandon Cooks is a 31-year-old receiver. I'm starting to look like a 31-year-old receiver. So if they're gone, paves away for Jalen Tolbert. And Gallup, Gallup's going to be gone. And Tolbert's, it's when you look at some of the advanced metrics, you have to squint a little some of it wasn't pretty, but some things that catch my attention is 15% target rate. Again, not target share, target rate. That's his targets per route run. But 15%, that's that's okay. That's okay. Like that, there, there's there's life. And also his his ADOT, 13.2. Like these receivers that we want to to stash is just hopefully a lottery ticket. Like, sorry, I don't want the slot receivers that are averaging like seven or eight yards per reception. I want the guys making big plays. And Jalen Tolbert coming from South Alabama in the, I believe it's the Sun Belt Conference to the NFL. I think it's logical to go, well, yeah, it took two years for one of the top tier performers in the Sun Belt Conference to adjust to the NFL. And now entering his third season, looks like there's going to be some more opportunity for him. I like Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, and I, I brought up Brandon Cooks' contract. You're right. Um, there's a potential out after, you know, 2024, like this year. This offseason. This offseason, yeah. like they could save $4 million if they cut him. So, I mean, that's that's an option that's on the table. And for a team like the Cowboys who don't have money to waste, who likely want to feel like they're in that Super Bowl window, maybe it's passed them by, I don't know. But regardless of how we feel, like they pr probably feel like they have a chance at a Super Bowl. That $4 million could come in handy. So who knows? Like, again, I, it's a player that, like you said, a lot of people have forgotten about. And if you're playing on the opposite end of C.D. Lamb, there could be some opportunities there. And 30, Brandon Cooks is 31 years old, so that might be a smart move. Um, this one, I'm I'm actually surprised that this is, this is a dynasty stash for you. Um, so I, I, it's intriguing, but you're going to have to convince me, uh, Aaron. Uh, Jarrett Stidham. I thought this, was guy, this guy was dead and gone, gone forever. In, 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 in our, uh, I mean, he could have been dead and gone forever when the Patriots draft him because that's typically what happens. But Jarrett Stidham, talk to me about why you believe he's a, 
He's a dynasty stash. And then uh, after we talk about Jared Stidham, we'll take a quick uh, informative segment break. And then then you will get to play uh, jury, judge, jury, and uh, potentially executioner of these dynasty stashes. So stay tuned for that. But first, talk to me about Jared Stidham. Strictly Superflex Leagues. Strictly Superflex Leagues. But here's the reason why. It's not that there's anything in Stidham's profile that, that caught my attention going, oh, yeah, like Stidham might be the sneaky good quarterback. But look at just last season. Here, here are some of the quarterbacks that I was able to, to stash and be able to flip for draft picks. I picked up Josh Dobbs like before the season. He, he goes and he's, he's playing so well at the start of the season, cashed out. Got like a rook, rookie third round pick. I knew exactly what I had there. I knew it was fool's gold. Took the draft pick. Gardner Minshew found the team that needed a quarterback, flipped Minshew for a second round pick. Uh, last season, Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins had back-to-back weeks in, I believe it was weeks 15 and 16. He was a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Like in super flex, quarterbacks are currency. And if Stidham is going to be the starting quarterback, it's a weird situation in Denver. Right. Russell Wilson is going to be cut and there's going to be a lot of dead cap. And I don't know how the Broncos are going to navigate that. And I know a lot of mock drafts have the Broncos targeting their quarterback of the future. It's J.J. McCarthy. I see see him there frequently, but like they're still like in the middle of the first round. There's no guarantee that they get their quarterback. And it's possible these mock drafts. Right that they like the quarterbacks more than the Denver Broncos. I mean, my theory on this one is going, if the Broncos are still picking at that spot, why would they draft a quarterback that's going to be probably the fourth or fifth best QB in a rookie class? Why not just go, we'll roll with Stidham for better or for worse. They're probably hoping for worse. So they get a higher draft pick next season and get a much better quarterback prospect instead of drafting like, a, I don't know, I'm not a huge like, Bo Nix, Michael Penix fan. Like, I'm sorry, those guys have been in college forever. There's a reason they've been in college forever. So the theory on this one's just going, what if the Broncos just don't add to their quarterback room? Stidham is a starting quarterback in the NFL and he's free and you don't keep him the entire year. You wait, like it's a Josh Dobbs effect. You strike with the, with the irons hot, you get a draft pick, you get out and you go, thank you, Jared Stidham for giving, <laughs> producing a rookie draft pick. I, I like the way you spun that. It was not, it's not bad. That's not bad. It, the Denver Broncos are one of the more perplexing teams in the NFL. Like, I don't know why, how it benefits you to basically let your franchise quarterback know late in the season. Like, yeah, we don't want you. We don't want you as our starting quarterback anymore. Just so you know, like, why? I don't, it doesn't, I mean, Sean Payton, I, I, if they come out of this on ahead, like ahead of where they were this year, and I know they started out badly and turned it around, but it would it it really feels like they're up against it with the the cap situation with Russell Wilson. And there's a world and and just being on your side here for a minute, I, I think it's a long shot, but there is a world where Jarrett's st- like they have no other choice because maybe they don't like one of these quarterbacks, maybe they're not able to get one. Maybe they're draft. Like it's just, who knows, who, who knows? And it's, it, you're right. Targeting these situations in a super flex league feels like a smart move right now. If you have the roster space, but when, thank you. Thank you, Aaron, for your, those are Aaron's dynasty stashes. When we come back after this short informative segment break from the Podfather, we, I will present 
my dynasty stashes and Aaron will tell me whether it's a good stash or not. And we're going to do this quick break uh, right now from the dynasty dominator app. And uh, that is of course, assuming that I can find this dynasty uh, read here, the dynasty dominator, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you should be. And here it is right here. The dynasty dominator app informative segment from the pop father don't go anywhere we'll be right back hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline now i know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your dynasty league and i have it it's called the dynasty dominator app you go to the app store go to google play it's right there It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. The Dynasty Dominator app, every year it's five bucks. It, I know every year you got to pay for it, but it's worth it. Trust me, it helps me evaluate my Dynasty teams. And it's a great tool, man. It's a great tool. An- another resource that you need to use uh, is a free one, and it's called the Dynasty War Zone with Memphis Young and Jerry Sinclair. I was on there. They Somehow I finagled my way onto the show. I don't know how it happened, but he, he let me come on. Uh, so I go check out the latest episode. It's up on the YouTube channel. Uh, but don't go anywhere right now. Like Check it out after this show and maybe after Trade Gods because that's another good show that's coming up after this show. Uh, so check out all the programs, really. You need, to be, you need to click the like and subscribe button right now to be tapped in with us as well. But we're going to get into it right now. This is kind of this is this will be live on the on the website as in the form of an article. These are my 20 dynasty stashes. And I don't know if we're going to get to them all. And to start, right, we kind of sort of defined a dynasty stash. To me, it really depends on this the size of your league. There's there's some FFPC dynasty leagues where you only have 20 roster spots. Uh, and then like you and me, we play in some where there's 30, 35 roster spots or more so and then then maybe there's some taxi squad spots as well so there's all kinds of different dynasty leagues out there so i try to cover each one and so this first tier right is like they're probably not available but if they if you go to your waiver wire and they're available like you have to run to your waiver wire and pick them up now uh and and i'll admit like this guy this first guy's probably not available 
but it's Dontavian Wicks. He's rostered in 78% of sleeper leagues. And Wicks has been on the field about 40% of the time, and that currently resides currently resides in the shadow of like Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs. But Wicks is big. He's a big-bodied wide receiver, and from weeks 8 to 11, he earned at least four targets in each of those games. And like I said, he's got good size and good burst to go with that. And we all know that I was wrong. I was wrong about Jordan Love, Aaron. I was wrong. He, he looks to be pretty good, okay? And in an offense with an ascending quarterback and Matt LaFleur, who's a pretty good offensive coach, it's just one of those situations in Dynasty that I am going to look to acquire a player like this. So what do you think? Is that a good Dynasty stash, Dontavian Wicks? It's not as, not, of a, not as a deep cut as Jared Stidham, right? That's not, it's not quite Dave Matthews' deep tracks only, right? But uh, what do you think? So we'll start with Jordan Love. I'm really glad that you were wrong about him because you and I are in this player profiler Patreon Dynasty League. And uh, this guy right here won with Jordan Love being one of his one of my quarterbacks. So I love Jordan Love. And with Dontavian Wicks, like it, you look at the depth chart and the Packers are pretty cut and dry this offseason in terms of their skill position players. It's a young, it's a young roster. There isn't any cap casualties or anything. However, like the, the core four wide receivers, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, there's there's question marks. There is not a guy that is established as the wide receiver one. Christian Watson flashed. Christian Watson also spent twice as much of twice as much time injured than he did flashing. So like Watson could be the best receiver, or he could be on injured reserve. Jaden Reed, I loved Jaden Reed as, as a rookie. Like before he entered the NFL, just loved the profile. Spent one year at a small school, realized he's better than all these guys and transferred up in conference, baller move. But with Jaden Reed, is he going to get on the field enough to be the top receiver? So it's going to come down to like Romeo Dobbs versus Dontavian Wicks. They're competing for the same starting spot. And Dobbs has been productive, but not like overwhelming either. And Dontavian Wicks came out of nowhere. What over 500 receiving yards? Very productive as a rookie. And if you're going to stash a wide receiver, like this is an ambiguous wide receiver, uh, I almost said backfield wide receiver room uh, that like hates it. There's a possibility. There's this. It might be a small chance, but there's a possibility he ends up being the best receiver. There's nothing set in stone on who the best receiver is. Yeah, and these goddamn. Packers that keep on drafting good players late and I think Duntavian Wicks is another one of those guys like if you just look at their draft class this past year Aaron Duntavian Wicks Luke Musgrave like Jaden Reed they just I don't know like the Packers just seem to draft good players and it infuriates me as a Bears fan so anyway um I approve that- of Duntavian <laughs> Wicks all right judge has approved that one uh the next player up Tank Bigsby, he's currently rostered in about 76% of sleeper leagues. And Aaron, he's the RB2 in Jacksonville behind Travis Etienne on the depth chart. And while he didn't get the opportunities we'd like to see from a running back, Jacksonville did use a third-round pick on him in last year's draft, and they have a lot of other needs other than running back, and, and especially since Travis Etienne had a really good season. I would I would be shocked if they drafted another running back in this class or signed a free agent running back. I'd probably be more shocked if they signed a free agent. Uh, He could be a nice handcuff to have if he's available. And um, 
anyway, like this, uh, there are multiple signs that this Jacksonville offense, like it slowed down towards the end of last year, but I really believe it slowed down because Trevor Lawrence was playing through an injury. So this is still an offense that I want pieces of. And for all those reasons and more, if Tank Bigsby is available, I think I'm adding him. What do you think? Yeah, with running backs in fantasy in general, but also dynasty, like talent level doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't, it, you can be sitting there in your dynasty leagues and you can just hate on Tank Bigsby and think that he's just horrible. But uh, if he's a running back that could potentially be a three down running back, if knock on wood, if something were to happen to Travis Etienne, Bigsby's got size. He's shown an ability to catch passes, maybe not in the NFL, uh, shown some pass catching ability. And yeah, last year, every whatever could have gone wrong did go wrong for Tank Bigsby. But still, let's take a flyer on Tank Bigsby. Uh, you know, the untalented running backs gain volume. I mean, just look at uh, another Florida team with Rashad White. Like he gets volume and he's good in fantasy, but he doesn't have to necessarily be good at football. So with Bigsby, that's you stash him because you stash every number two running back in a backfield, especially the guys that profile as a three down running back. All right, so I get approval there. Number approval. three, number three, grit. I cannot believe, I cannot believe how fickle some people are, uh, Aaron. In this world, in this tight end world that we live in, where tight ends are so unpredictable outside of the top five, like maybe Sam Laporta is flipping the script and now a rookie tight end is just going to hit every year. Probably not, right? But in this world that we live in with the tight ends, where there's only like five of them that you go, Yep, I can bank on a good season from them. How in the world is Greg Dulcich only rostered in 74% of leagues? He was everyone's darling last year. He rose up the early redraft rankings because of a news story by like Sean Payton was like, yeah, I really like this guy. This is one of my guys. I'm going to use him in the Joker role. And then everybody thought of, you know, the Joker and Batman. And then, you know, then they moved on with their lives. But so Greg Dulcich he had a hamstring injury. So he has a legitimate excuse. He missed 14 games because he was a, a lingering hamstring injury. And he's still just 23 years old. And he's a tight end in this offense now that, you know, according to Aaron Stewart, is going to have Jarrett Stidham starting at quarterback. But no, like they're going to be looking for an upgrade, though. They're going to be looking for an upgrade at quarterback. And they have Sean Payton, who's on the record as saying, like, this guy is one of the players that, I feel like I can use in my system. How how have people dropped Greg Dulcich? I'm I'm amazed that he's a, he's available in as many leagues as, as he is in. And and I'm, my guess is in some of these shallower leagues, like he's probably available in more leagues than we think. So w- what do you think, Greg Dulcich? Good dynasty stash. I can't believe I don't even know if he is a dynasty stash. To be honest, I think he's I might so- be cheating here. He's still available in a lot of leagues, but it's eye-popping that in a quarter of leagues that he's available because you're right. Like he got injured and that sucks. That's out of his control. He didn't stop. He didn't forget how to play football. And last year, you rewind the clock 365 days ago, people were like, this is the, this is the sleeper tight end, not dynasty, but in redraft, this is the sleeper tight end that you want. Now, I know, like I might, might be patting myself on the back on that one. I wasn't falling for Greg Dulcich last year at his cost. And a lot of the cost is more like best ball. I was like, eh, I think it's getting a little outrageous. But I can also say, eh, it's getting a little outrageous with his dynasty current value. Like the, the dude is, he's a good receiver. That's what he 
entering the NFL, that's what he was. He is a tight end that, that is more of a pass catcher than, than a blocker, a little on the smaller side. Uh, I typically want tight ends that might be on the field a little bit more, but this Broncos offense is going to need someone. And you look at the situation, look at the receivers. It's uh, Jerry Judy, maybe traded. I don't know. Sutton suddenly seems like he's going to be safe, but yeah, like it's this whole receiving room is uh, it's shaky right now. So, and that's an opportunity for, we'll say a dynasty stash, but he's widely available, but a dynasty stash and Greg Dulcich to be able to take over and remind people why he was overrated last year in pre-draft for last season. So yeah, I like Greg Dulcich. All right. I'm getting, man, we're going to have to disagree at some point. Just Oh, we will. All right. So anyway, uh, get approval there. Number four, Trey Palmer. All right. Somehow, again, 68% of leagues he's rostered in. If so, if he's somehow in your available, please add him. I know he's a sixth round wide receiver, day three wide receiver. However, he saw the field a lot and he produced late in the season. He finished the, the last four games, and this includes the playoff games, with three top 20 wide receiver finishes. So three out of those four games, he finishes a top 20 wide receiver or better. And I believe one of those games, he was a, the wide receiver 13 on the week. There's also a chance that Mike Evans leaves in free agency. And currently the reports are mixed regarding Mike Evans. Some people are saying, oh, for sure, they're going to tag him and, and sign him. Other people are saying that they're, they're not going to do that, that they're going to uh, tag the safety. I think when Antoine Winfield, so I don't know. Uh, but I, it's possible Mike Evans comes back, but he could leave. Um, and But everybody that I listen to expects the Buccaneers to bring back Baker Mayfield. And I think that can only be good for a deep threat like Trey Palmer. So what do you think? Pro Trey Palmer or mm, Trey Palmer? We'll say pro because I still feel we haven't gotten into the stashes yet in Dynasty. But Trey Palmer showed like, okay, he's a six-round pick. But Right now, the draft capital doesn't matter because he performs so much better than a rookie six-round pick. The Buccaneers just got a gem. And I like the Mike Evans point that, that you brought up. It's Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield, that connection. And, and something I want, well, I want people to, to remember is, like, the Baker Mayfield, the resurrection could have been spotted a mile away. You go to player profiler and you look at Baker Mayfield before last season, it's like top 10 in deep ball accuracy in deep ball completion percentage, like every single season of his career. Of course, Mike Evans had one of his best seasons. And if, if that means that Trey Palmer is now going to step into a Mike Evans light role, you really can't replace Mike Evans, 6'4", 230 pounds. But if Trey Palmer is going to be the deep threat there, Mayfield's still going to fling it and it's going to be good for Trey Palmer. So yeah, Trey Palmer, like assuming Evans is gone, it's there's Chris Godwin who is starting to age a little bit tied in. There's Kate Otten. Rashad White's going to catch a lot of passes, but there's, there's opportunity to grow from that strong rookie season. So yeah, I'm on board with Trey Palmer. I was stashing him with uh, last year. If people weren't drafting him in rookie drafts, one of my favorite guys, I immediately think of, friend of the show cody cody yep. just being trey palmer yeah so we'll zoom through the rest of this tier all right i'm uh, the rest of this tier is cedric cedric tillman at number five i think in that browns offense i think with deshaun watson a lot's going to depend on if he can come back israel bonacanda 
who's rostered in 65% of sleeper leagues is the number two behind Brees Hall currently with the New York Jets. I think that's a pretty good situation. And John Mechie, who is a former second round pick, you get an attachment to the Houston offense. What do you think, Aaron? Is there one of those three players that stands out as a good one or a bad one? Initial thoughts. I'm going to go, because man, it'd be a great, a great story. But John Mechie is the guy that I'm rooting for, right? Two missed a rookie season because of cancer. And of course, like first season back, it's essentially a rookie season for him. But there, there can be some opportunity. Right now at the top, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, that's the one, two. Noah Brown's a free agent. Robert Woods is expensive, likely cap casualty. If they can't retain Noah Brown, who had some massive performances, just he always got injured after like two or three of them. And Robert Woods, they go, we're not going to pay you. I think it's like $9.5 million. Mechie, with that former second-round draft capital, steps in to be the number three wide receiver for Houston Texans offense. Kind of like what we talked about with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Like, if CJ Stroud's legit, you're going to want weapons. And, oh, yeah, also Dalton Schultz is a free agent too. So, hey, look, like these guys that were ahead of them on the depth chart or the receiving pecking order, they could be gone. So opportunity for John Mechie. I like it. Cool. All right. We're going to move to my player eight. And this is my tier, the first player in my tier two. That's it's they're probably available. So they're rostered in like 50 ish percent of leagues. And we're going to start with A.T. Perry, who's rostered in 58 percent. Perry only played in three games, but he has impressed in limited playing time. uh, And he might still be available in your dynasty leagues like the Saints depth chart is thin at wide receiver outside of Olave Rashid Shahid. So Perry should be a big part of this offense going forward. And to top it all off, right, not only does he have good size, speed, and burst, he checks a lot of those boxes, but the Saints are in, as they always are, this stupid cap situation where they can't add anybody else to their team. And I don't know how they keep doing it every year, so I don't necessarily foresee much competition for like an outside receiver in New Orleans. But what do you think? Is A.T. Perry a good stash? Yeah, it's Rashid Shahid from what I guess last season, right? Like the reason Shahid becomes a thing is all the the all the reasons that you laid out. Like the Saints can't do anything in free agency because they're always this is how they they team build. It's they manipulate the salary cap, but it prevents them from really bringing in like a veteran guy. So yeah, there's gonna be opportunity because I think for reals this time, Michael Thomas is done with, with the Saints. I Fell for it last year, thought they were going to cut him. And then I looked at that weird contract they gave him. I was like, oh, they might keep him. But Thomas is washed at this point. So A.T. Perry would step into that. I guess probably my only concern is I go, Alave's clearly the, the number one. Rashid Shahid is legit. That's a legit receiving weapon in the NFL. Jawan Johnson at tight end, who he dealt with some injuries, but he's going to be a pass catcher. The only reason I'm not super excited about A.T. Perry is not from a lack of opportunity, but just going, man, number number four, number four guy on a Saints offense with Derek Carr at quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. I I understand why he's a stash there, and he definitely impressed in those three games, but eh, he's not one of my targets. All right. And I don't know why I said he only played in three games because he clearly played in like 10. So I don't know why I said that. Was it maybe starts? Did he start three games? That's maybe, maybe I, I have to double check the notes, you know, these scribbles that I have on here. So sometimes, so I'm sure somebody in the chat probably corrected me, Uh, but it's, it's all good. Uh, Not number nine. All right. We're, we'll move on a guy that Cody really liked that. I really liked 
in last year's draft class is Trey Tucker. He's a speedster. He put some really good games together in 2023. And the Raiders enter a new era under Antonio Pierce. And it's possible the rumors have already started. I think Devontae Adams would be an idiot for doing this. If he wants to win a Super Bowl, he should not go to the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. But there's rumors that Devontae Adams could be traded, and that could open up opportunities for players like Trey Tucker. So what do you think? Trey Tucker, who's rostered in 54% of sleeper leagues right now, is sitting out there in a lot of leagues. What do you think, Aaron? I like him more than A.T. Perry, mainly because will Devontae Adams get traded? It's uncertain. But the fact that for it feels like a year, right, a full year of Devontae Adams trade rumors, like if you're going to be stashing players, you're, you're playing the odds and you're going, if Adams leaves, who Adams has always been one of the target share leaders in the NFL, that opens up that offense for anyone to step up. Meanwhile, you know, like A.T. Perry, like Chris Olave ain't going anywhere. He's he's not, he's staying. So that's why I like Trey Tucker so much more as, as a stash candidate because there's an opportunity. And Tucker, he surprised me. I, admittedly, I wasn't super high on him, but stats don't lie. Like he was productive. And Hunter Renfro is definitely gone, right? We can agree. Like he's going to get cut, way too expensive. And the official depth chart has Tucker ahead of Hunter Renfro. So yeah, already con- there. That contract for Hunter Renfro, like these contracts for some of these teams, like it's just unbelievable how it happens. Like how does how do smart people make these decisions and how to like how do I get a job like that so I can not do that? You know, like not sign the Hunter Renfro's of the world anyway. um, So uh, player number 10 on my list. uh, Again, this is a this is a a learned man. Andre Yashovis. I think he went to Princeton. I think that's right. Uh, this is a deep, deep league stat. He's rostered in 53% of leagues. Uh, he's with the Bengals. There's this T Higgins situation looming. Tyler Boyd is getting up there in age. You show this, you look at his play, player profiler, uh, profile and he's, he's got the athleticism. So what do you think? Andre, you show this good dynasty stash. Yeah, because it's not just that Higgins is a free agent. Boyd, you, you said he's getting up there in age. Boyd is... Yeah. straight up a free agent so there's two paths right there's two guys ahead of him on the depth chart and they're both free agents like higgins can be back and i always say his name wrong um you you show how it. You, you show, you show it. this i'm probably like, saying it wrong but that's how i some people i'll take say it. it i'll take it yeah. i know i'm definitely saying it wrong but super athletic too like he's a uh, multi-sport athlete normally like that for tight ends but scored four touchdowns like didn't have like the huge receptions receiving yards we scored four touchdowns. That's that's crazy. So, yeah. Uh, the only reason he might not be a good stash is that if you're in smart dynasty leagues, he's been stashed. But the numbers don't lie. 53% is what he's rostered in sleeper. Like, there's a coin flip. You, If you're in 10 sleeper leagues, five of those leagues, he's sitting there just free for the taking. Go take, go take I'm not going to say this. I'm going to butcher it. Go take the Princeton guy. The Princeton guy. There you go. Player number 11 is Parker Washington. Calvin Ridley's a free agent. Zay Jones is a 29-year-old with an $11 million cap hit in 2024 and is a potential cap casualty. Christian Kirk ended the season on IR. Uh, It took, let's see, he's only rostered in 53% of leagues, and it took a while for him to get on the field, but all of his production came during a six-week stretch to end the 2023 season. And there's definitely a, a path for him to see increased role in 2024 
2025. Uh, so what do you think? What do you think, Aaron? Parker Washington in that Jaguars offense that uh, that I spoke of earlier that I think, you know, is, is, good th- is a good offense to have pieces of. What, do you, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with a twist here. If you're a rebuilding team, play the long game, take them. Don't expect much from them this season, but next year, like when Kirk is another year older and getting close to 30 and Ridley, let's just say that he's already gone. Like there's opportunity. It's not so much that 2024, I'm expecting much from him, but 2025 entering that third season, there's going to be some opportunity for him probably as the next slot receiver. He is a yards after catch guy. And one of my weaknesses in dynasty football Penn State wide receivers, Allen Robinson, uh, Jahan Dotson, oh, Chris Godwin. I've loved all of them. And pre-NFL draft, like, I don't know. I was just watching Parker Washington. It's like, I love this guy because, of course, he plays at Penn State. But, yeah, low expectations 2024. If you're rebuilding and you're looking ahead past 2024, go grab him. All right, last player in this tier. We're going the tight end route. We're going Luke Schoonmaker who was drafted by the Cowboys in round two of the NFL draft. All right. He plays tight end, like I mentioned, and Jake Ferguson is going to be on the team for a while. But if anything were to happen to him, Schoonmaker would be next in line. That's like my only trepidation about this is that Jake Ferguson is there and he's clearly the starter. But if you look at Schoonmaker's profile, he's, he's a super athlete. He was in and he came into the league a little bit later. He was 24 years old when he was drafted. But this take is predicated on the Dallas Cowboys using a second round draft pick on Schoonmaker. Clearly, they have some expectations for him, right? The the thing I'll say is for fantasy purposes, I wouldn't stash them this year because tight ends yeah. do historically. They take some time to develop, to truly start producing probably what's going to be for Shoemaker. And it's hard to say that you want to use one of your precious dynasty roster spots to, to pick him up. I know he's available in 50% of leagues, but man, I'd much rather if it's super flex, take the flyer on a quarterback, right? That could quickly give me a draft pick and then open up a roster spot. And if you really want, you could stash him or that running back. That's an injury away from becoming a starter. Like it was Shoemaker, Jake Ferguson's there for two more seasons. And I don't think Ferguson's going to go away. So that's why I wouldn't stash Shoemaker this year. Just feels like it's going to clog your roster. All right. That's fair. That's, that's fair take. Um, We're getting into tier three now. So we're getting to where like most of these guys are going to be available and we will, we'll focus on the ones that I think are the, the most like important or like maybe the ones that are most likely available. And we're going to talk about my guy, Xavier Hutchinson, available in 46% of leagues. And this is very simple, and I like to keep it simple for myself sometimes. I want exposure to the Houston Texans offense. We already talked about John Mechie. Let's say John Mechie's already been stashed by somebody. Hutchinson might be available. Now, I get it. He's behind Nico Collins, Tank Dell, uh, you know, and John Mechie potentially. But there is that you can see it. There's a pathway to opportunity there in in some of these wide receiver sets especially if there's an injury uh so what do you think is xavier hutchinson a good dynasty stash we'll keep it short and simple we'll say yes and it's just that your thought of going we want pieces good offenses want cj stroud's weapons let's go with xavier hutchinson all right no the next player up is noah gray another tight end he's rostered in 45 percent of leagues 
He's next in line behind Travis Kelsey, and Gray has proven to get some opportunities even when Kelsey's not plays a good majority of the snaps. Uh, and Gray's, you know, that handcuff at the position, if you can call a tight end handcuff, a tight end handcuff. But I again, it's one of those situations where I want pieces of an offense with Patrick Mahomes, who has a lack of pass catchers right now. I mean, basically, it's Rashi Rice and, you know, Travis Kelsey. And if anything happens to Travis Kelsey, God forbid, or he decides to retire, who knows what's going on with him and, and Taylor Swift, then Gray obviously gets an automatic boost and he's ingrained in the system. So what do you think? Noah Gray, good dynasty stash or no? Are we going anti-tight end again? I'll say anti-tight end, but tight end premium. The, the positive thing I'll say with Noah Gray, we saw Travis Kelsey miss some time. And Gray became a guy that played like all the snaps. So depending on your roster construction, you're okay knowing what you're doing with Noah Gray. You're waiting for Travis Kelsey to maybe retire. Uh, then, then that's fine. But if you're if you're uh, stashing him and going, oh yeah, he'll definitely break out this year. No, like tight end premium leagues, love it, love it, love it. But regular like super flex leagues, it's just because of the position. Tight ends a dime a dozen. Gotcha, gotcha. I will move on to another player who plays for my Chicago Bears, and that's Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott hasn't done much this season, but he is the Bears wide receiver three, and he has seen the field, and he does possess really good speed and burst. And now Darnell Mooney is likely going to move on. He's likely going to leave in free agency. And the Bears, they, they do hold the number one pick and the number nine pick, but I suspect that the wide receivers the Bears are going to be interested in are going to be all be gone by the time that number nine pick rolls around. And I thoroughly expect that the Bears are going to trade out of that number nine pick. Maybe they draft one of these later receivers. Maybe that's a Troy Franklin, but there's no guarantee. I think, you know, I think he's going to Travis Scott or Tyler Scott, rather not Travis Scott, Tyler Scott. He's going to have a role on this offense with Caleb Williams. Again, connected to a quarterback that I really like. So what do you think? Is Tyler Scott a good dynasty stash? Yeah, I know the mock drafts have wide receiver in the first round to the Bears, but currently looking up with the information we have, there's DJ Moore and there's Cole Komet at the top. It's wide open after that. So, yeah, why not with Tyler Scott? Here's one that I think you're going to like, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to go Evan Hull, who's available. Well, he's rostered in 36% of sleeper leagues. He's a former third round, uh, or or rather, he's right behind uh, Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh, but Zach Moss, Trey Sermon, who are in front of him currently in the depth chart, are both free agents. Um, there, there could be a big boost to a player like Evan Hall. And I'll even throw in Tyler Goodson, assuming that he still is able to make the roster, right? Because Tyler Goodson was there too. But these are some running backs that could potentially be the handcuff to a Jonathan Taylor uh, and and who knows what could happen? So what what do you feel? What do you think about Evan Hall? So really, with Colts running backs in general, they're some of my favorite stashes because they're they're all available. They're all available. Zach Moss is a free agent. Talk about it. I don't. I can't remember Trey Sermon's I, uh, situation. My spreadsheet. I don't have him as a free agent. He might be, but it might be like restricted free agents. So good chance he's back. So Hall, Goodson, Sermon. I'm taking flyers on all these guys for different reasons. Uh, I'm gonna, with Hull, it's the pass-catching uh, ability. That, the pass-catching upside, that's why we liked him as a rookie last year. But I will say the reason that you like Tyler Goodson is because he is also that, that 
uh, type of running back. He's the pass-catching, speedy, shiftier, complementary piece, a la Naheem Hines to Jonathan Taylor. And I view those two guys as competing. And the case you make for Tyler Goodson is going a whole did essentially miss an entire season. Uh, and then Trey Sermon. Look, here's what I have in my notes. Former third round running back bus joins the Colts in his third season. He's 215 plus pounds. He runs an abysmal 465 40 yard dash and he played in the Power Five Conference. Because it's Jonathan Taylor's backfield, nobody wants him. That's Zach Moss. What was it, two years ago? And this year could be Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon at the end of the season was starting to get some run. He had snap shares 44%, 20%, 31%. I know it's disgusting. I know that Sermon has done basically nothing. But he also followed Shane Steichen to the Colts from the Eagles. Yes, Trey Sermon was with the Eagles for like a cup of a cup of coffee there. So you can make the case. Like I can make these cases with any type of numbers for all three. But really, it's just going like Taylor's a starting running back. Maybe we don't know the backup. But what we do know is that all three of the candidates there, because Zach Moss is gone. He's going to get big money to go somewhere else. So all three guys that could be the RB2 are rostered in 36% of leagues or less. And running back, you don't have to be talented to be good in fantasy football. Pick any of those guys. It's it's a dart throw anyways. Why not? Yeah, good stuff. We'll speed through. I, I got a couple more. Um, uh, Greg Dortch, um, undersized, but he did play in week 12 of this year, 76% of the snaps. And I know there's a lot of talk about Arizona taking Marvin Harrison Jr., but you know, you never know it with some of these Arizona wide receivers. What do you think? You keeping Greg Dortch around on your roster? Hey, I hate to be an ageist on this one, but I just go, I just don't know. I feel like he's okay, but I'd rather just be trying to win the lottery, not like hitting a single. So with Greg Dortch, sorry, buddy, too small. Like there's just that ceiling's too low. I'm out on Dortch. All right. What about uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Calvin Austin? He's rostered in 31% of sleeper leagues. And regardless of this foolishness that, that Tomlin wants to stick with Kenny Pickett, I think they're going to be looking for a quarterback upgrade. I mean, I know that they're that that's what their beat reporter said, so no disrespect there, but I think that would be insane if they just stuck with Kenny Pickett, but whatever. I They are favored to, the Steelers are favored by Vegas to land Russell Wilson. Uh, right now so if you know he gets an upgrade and we all know Russell Wilson is a deep ball threat specialist Calvin Austin it profiles as a type of receiver that could benefit from Russell Wilson so what do you think is Calvin Austin a good deep league dynasty stash my my answer to that is a question when was the last time Calvin Austin had like 10 receiving guards in a game like he started off he started off with some promise but yeah. he ended the season so bad. And for that reason, I'm out. You missed the entire rookie season. You went the wrong way in your second year. I'm out on Calvin Austin. All right. We will, I'll give you a few more rapid fire ones to end the show. We, we do have to get off here soon because trade gods is going to start up here soon. Stick around for that. Uh, here's a running back that I'm actually, I'm, I kind of like, and I know everybody's on the chase Brown bandwagon. Right. What about Travion Williams? Travion Williams was listed as the back Bengals backup running back before Brown took it over. Right. And we all this Joe Mixon situation is weird. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Travion Williams is only rostered in 11% of leagues. All right. So he's widely available. 
is this a good dynasty stash or am I hoping against all hope that Chase Brown is, is, is not as good as he looked last year? I don't even think it's a Chase Brown thing. I just think it's a Travion Williams has been in the league for five years and hasn't done anything. He's a special teams guy, right? But I'll also right. say, like, if I could, like, track a player that I've added and dropped the most ever in Sleeper Dynasty Leagues, it's Travion Williams. But just what are we open for? He's five, six seasons in, just hasn't done anything. He's a special teams guy. All right. Well, I think we got 24 five ish in i think we did and we're up at an hour shout out to the chat fantasy plumbers in here um troutman yeah we talked about the denver situation uh my, my good friend dane who's a good uh, dynasty players in here cody carpentier is in here julia barra my assistant editor is in here uh, the king agrees with our at perry take uh aaron stewart has his belt that he did not win with him uh, that he just claims that he's the champion. Uh, so before we get out of here, Aaron, I have to know, what are you up to? What What's going on? What do you have to promote? Give the people where they can find you uh, out there in the world. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at FFB captain. Uh, these days, I'm more of a lurker. It's uh, I'm, I'm all about winning. I was profitable in redraft leagues this year, profitable in my dynasty leagues, working with my good friend, EDG, Chris, on uh, perfecting our best ball strategy, perfecting our player uh, process here. Because uh, we, we had some big hits last year. And there's some things we're going to clean up so that we can be better with our evaluations. But these days, I'm relatively quiet on Twitter. But engage with me. I'll engage back. All right. Go go follow him there and ignore all of the uh, the the things that he's saying about winning this uh, mock draft live uh, championship uh, because he clogged the toilet and uh, chickened out. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Seth underscore D I E W O L D. You can like and subscribe the video. We would like that very much. Uh, stay tuned in with playerprofiler.com and the YouTube channel and all of our social media accounts all off season long, all the way up through the NFL draft, because we, we have the information that you need and it's all free. It's all free. That's all you have to do. And you can show your appreciation to us by clicking the like button and subscribing. So until next time, Aaron, you know how we like to end the show around here, right? You remember? Ooh, I'm, I'm a little out of practice. How are we going to end this show? All right. Well, I say nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. And now I say, now I say Wiseman for Heisman. It's my new thing. Wiseman for Heisman. And if you don't know who Mark Wiseman is, eh, look him up. He was like a 23-year-old running back who looked like a 40-year-old accountant who ran the ran like three yards in a cloud of dust for the Iowa Hawkeyes in like a six-and-six six season. And... um we're, we're, we're going to remember Mark, Mark Wiseman. So Wiseman for Heisman. We'll see you next week, bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content – is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.